Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Now, this conversation today is exciting. I'm going to be talking with Phil Connor, and he's somebody that I've actually had a lot of dialogue with in the past offline. It's going to be cool to bring it into the podcast sphere. For those of you who don't know Phil, he is a regular contributor for the Firetime Magazine, and he actually has a feature column every single month that's called Firepower with Phil Connor. And I I absolutely love this column because it is a shot in the arm of positivity and perspective that I know I've really appreciated and there's there's people all over the country that do as well. It's going to be really cool to get him on and talk today. In this conversation, we are going to be covering an acronym of Phil's that's called Pivot. And there's five parts to it that we're going to walk through in detail and our, our conversation is going to cover some other things too. But I want to outline for you what these steps are, I I think that they're very, very important. We're, We're going to talk first about positive thinking, then move into initiative, vector of goals, open to opportunities, and finally, tenacity. And for Phil, as he was looking at the pandemic and and what it was going to take for a business to come out of it on the other side better than they were before, it, it was literally going to be a pivot. And he's just, as he started thinking about words that could be associated with that, he came up with these five, and I, I think it's absolutely tremendous. So I'm going to get out of the way. I've got a lot of thoughts about this conversation that I'm going to share with you at the end. But for now, Grab a notebook and a piece of paper because you're going to want to jot down how this applies to your life and, and what you do with it. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Joining me from the Twin Cities in Minnesota is Phil Connor. He is the Chief Encouragement Officer at Ignition Laboratory and renowned columnist in the Firetime Magazine in the Firepower with Phil Connor section. How you doing, Phil? Great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am really excited that you're here. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Um, you know, you're somebody that we, we've talked quite a bit offline for the last couple of years, and it's going to be cool to bring that conversation on the record. And I, I think our audience is going to get a lot out of this. Oh, I hope so. That'd be great. And I love everything that you've been doing with this podcast, as well as the Firetime Magazine. So excited to be here. Thanks. I appreciate that. Now, you write a column for the Firetime Magazine called Firepower with Phil Connor. And I absolutely love it. I remember when our first issue came out, uh, I, I looked at Grant after I, I read your piece and I saw the, the graphic design for it. And I was like, man, this is good. Like this is, this is the heart of what the magazine is about. Like you write about tips uh, and encouragement of, of kind of how to take control of your personal life. In the Firetime magazine, you are going through an acronym right now called PIVOT and I would love for you to lay this out and what specifically does each part of pivot entail? Well, it really came out of this pandemic. I was, I was brainstorming some different ideas of, of topics to write about. And I realized that every storm runs out of rain and um, the pandemic has been hard for a lot of people on a lot of different levels. And I was trying to think of how people could, make a change and switch and and pivot is a visual really came into play. And then 
um, started playing with the words and just realized that in my reading and research that, that, that I've done over the last couple of years, people that face adversity typically have five traits that they rely on to to maximize their output or maximize the results. And it typically has involved a pause or reflection that's not unlike a pivot. And that's where, when we started talking about doing this firepower with Phil Connor column, I thought the power of a pivot really needs to be what we start with. And each month we've been highlighting a different attribute. Uh, the, the, the March issue that, that came out last month is, is positive thinking. Uh, the April issue will be out where we talk about initiative. So that's the P, or uh, sorry, yeah, PI. Uh, v is, is a little bit of a different twist. It's the vector of our goals. Um, and really what we talk about there is when you have a goal, sometimes just having the goal is not enough. It needs to be about how bad you want it. And a vector, a vector has direction and magnitude. So uh, I, I really feel that for people, when they want to be successful and they're setting a goal that they want to go after, they need to determine the direction of the goal, but also how bad they're going to want it. How bad are they going to work towards that goal? So the vector of our goals is the V and pivot. And then being open to opportunities. And then following the last one is tenacity. And and what I realized when I was reading, there's a lot of people talk about being persistent. When you have a goal or you, or you, you want to achieve something, it's about persistence. But to me, persistence kind of lines up with that famous quote that Albert Einstein had about, you know, if you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome, it's the definition of insanity. Um, but there was one that I think it was W.C. Fields that said, you if at first you, you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah. If you still don't succeed, quit. No sense in being a damn fool about it. And it, I just realized that successful people, it's not about persistence. It's about constant. It's like the dog with a bone. It's about changing what you do. It's, it's that you're, you're trying to zig and zag around your opponent to decide, am I going to shoot? Am I going to pass? Uh, am I going to dribble? And, and the tenacity is about having that just, full-out frontal assault on your obstacle uh, to, so that you can be successful. Man, it's so good. You know, I my heart is just resonating with so many of those. I and and I want to I want to go through them real quick. So I mean, I'm thinking about positive thinking as as the as the the baseline, and our system tries to beat this out of us, right? I mean, it 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 is it is hard to be somebody that sees the best in everything and that's looking for you know the opportunity that that could be possible. But and I, I forget the quote, but I think I think it's something along the lines of like pessimists are right more often than not, but optimists are the ones that change the world. And I I think that there's some truth in that. And I would even go so far as to say. Uh, generally, optimists are going to be more successful than than pessimists will, because when when you're a pessimist, or you know maybe maybe you call yourself a realist, which is just a, a pessimist that's not self aware, and and if 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 that's you, um, it's very safe to uh, have a negative approach to things. It's very safe to say, oh, that's not going to work. You know that that's not possible. That that doesn't open you up to new challenges. And and I think that that yeah, if you want to succeed in in the wake of this pandemic. I think that positive thinking is is monstrous as the starting point. I, I, I completely agree, Tim. And I, I think part of it has to do with just the way a lot of us were educated growing up. And I don't know that anybody's at fault for it, but but a, a lot of us are very familiar with people that have negativity. But 
very few people understand that, that positivity is a thing. And um, I, I shared in that first column, Martin Seligman, a renowned psychologist, introduced the idea back in 1990. So over 30 years ago, they, they had already kind of documented the fact that, that positivity was essential to success. And, and I used the, the analogy in the article in the column about a garden. And, and to me, I think it, it's just so true, even in our business lives, and, and, and the media inundates us every day with negative uh, stories and headlines. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's, what, that's what sells advertising for soap. Right. And well, and it's, it's how we're, it gets back to what we talked about in, in, in why so many people find a comfort spot. It's how we're wired, right? Our survival instinct, negative uh, danger is what our body is very sensitive to. So we, we, we pay attention to that. And it's kind of like having a glass of muddy water. And, and, and you've got that glass of muddy water. That's, that's full of negativity. And the only way you're going to be able to clean that glass out, um, you can't dump out the water. So you got to just keep pouring clean water in and keep diluting yeah. that muddy water. Let the water overflow, but just keep pouring clean water in. And our brain works the same way. If we don't make a conscious effort to fill it with positive messages, affirmations, um, good content, you know, um, reading a lot of stuff. I know you're a big reader. Um, if we're not reading stuff that's going to enrich us and make us positive and, and help encourage us, then we're just stuck with a glass of muddy water, and that's not going to help us get to where we want to be. I'm with you, and and I think that you know there's a big difference between blind optimism and like a positive mental attitude, you know, Jim Collins talks about, he calls it the Stockdale paradox. And it, it's a story back to someone who was in a, a POW camp for a long time. But basically the way that this guy was able to get out was, was holding two realities in tension with each other at the same time. One reality was believing that the suffering he had was for a purpose and that, and that at some point in time, things would be made better and simultaneously believing he will need, he will not be home by christmas and this is going to go for a long time and and it was an acknowledgement of the brutal facts while still holding on to what i would say is like the positive mental attitude of the future i, I love that i want to move on to initiative Let, let's go here you know obviously if you want to pivot if you want to succeed during this time you have to have initiative otherwise you're going to get crushed no that's absolutely right it, you can't accept status quo um and and i think many of your listeners get that they 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 realize that, but it's also very easy to get into the hamster wheel of daily life and get into that routine of, of being very reactive and putting out fires and forgetting that if you're going to build a business, you need to set time aside and really just think about what are you going to do to get better and what are you going to do to position your business and your life for growth and, and having this growth mindset. And uh, that's why I like the, the idea of initiative, because I think that I think that's something that people can uh, get their arms around is that they, they taking an initiative doesn't have to be a big step. It doesn't need to re reinvent the light bulb. It just means that you just got to make a little bit of an incremental step every day so that at the end of the week, you look back and you're seven steps further ahead than you were last week. Yeah, that's terrific. So you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'd love to hear more of a deep dive on the vector of goals. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I think it just comes in so many times and, a lot of times people will use a reference of goals as New Year's resolutions, right? 
And, and people are like, well, New York resolutions don't work. Well, I don't think it's the resolution that fails. It's our resolving to achieve the goal that fails. And when someone makes a list of, of New Year's resolutions and they're, and I've been guilty of this, right? I'm sitting on the sofa, I've got the TV on, I've got a bag of pretzels in the other hand, and I'm like, I want to lose weight. <laughs> um, but well, I don't really want to lose weight if I'm sitting on the sofa watching TV, shoving salty pretzels in my mouth. Um, if I'm going to really resolve to attain my goal, I've got to really want it bad. And, 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 and part of it is you've got to be unsatisfied with the status quo. You've got to have a vision of where you're going, and then you've got to have a plan to get there. And, and the vector of the goals is to say, okay, I know what it is that I want. And we'll just pick on me since I brought it up. I want to lose weight. So I've got that goal that I want to lose weight. Well, how bad do I want it? Well, if, 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 I, if I just kind of casually say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do, but I've got to really inside myself determine, is that seriously what I want to do? Because if, if I really want to lose weight, if I want to make sure I'm around for my grandkids and, 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 and to be able to, to enjoy retirement my wife and not have her push me around in a wheelchair because I can't walk, um, then, then I need to really ratchet up the magnitude of that vector. I need to make sure that the direction and the vector are both high so that I can attain that goal. I think that's terrific. And what you said when you, when you talked about being sick of the status quo and, and, and finally making that decision, it reminds me of this quote I just read by George Bernard Shaw. And he says, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And I, I think that there's something to that when it comes to the vector of your goals, like you got to be kind of unreasonable and you kind of have to snap and say enough is enough. Like this is where I got to go. Well, and I, I, I say go back to our industry back in the seventies again, when, when there were so many people kind of using a lot of ingenuity in their garages to come up with, with different ways, better ways to make a wood stove and, and then the development of the gas inserts. Those were people that, we're, we're establishing a, a goal that they wanted to make a better fireplace or better stove, but, but then they, they, they elevated their desire to go after it. Yeah. I'm sure that there were probably plenty of people that had the idea to do it and then, you know, just, just didn't, didn't want it bad enough. You know, I, I think about that and it's funny even how goals change over time. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that, that this is true for. The first one I'm thinking of is, I'm thinking about Travis Industries, and I'm thinking about Kurt Rumens and you know, I don't know the the late '70s, you know, welding together steel for a for a a box that's going to burn wood. And now you look at like you know, he's got like Da Vinci fireplaces, these big crazy custom gas fireplaces, and you know, I, the reason I think he was the first person that came to mind just because he is is one of the founders that is still doing it. And I, there's probably other people that, that I'm not aware of, but, but many of them have, have kind of aged out a little bit or, or sold off some of their companies where Kurt is still kind of one of those pioneers that's holding on to it. But the point of that is that it's amazing how the vector of our goal changes and, and, and can actually evolve and get bigger and bigger and bigger as you start to pursue it. You realize like, oh, I thought this is what I wanted, but what I wanted is actually bigger than I could have imagined at the time. No, and, and that's really important, right? Because um, even if we set smaller goals and, and we attain them, but then we don't set the next and raise the bar, yep. uh, it's like a pole vaulter. You know, you, you jumped over the the bar when it was at three feet high. Well, now, now you got to go to four feet or nine feet or, or 15 feet and just keep raising that bar 
um, and, and have a passion for wanting to, to make yourself better, make your business better. You use a great example with, with Travis. They've, they've continued to, to reinvent themselves over the years. And, and there's been other you know, businesses in the industry that have done that as well in order to, one, survive, but, sure. and, but also scaling. And the, I think what we need to, to remember, though, is that as those entities have grown, we need to help encourage, and, and I think that, that that's exactly what you and Grant are doing with Firetime Magazine, is, is that there's that next wave of founders that are starting to, to, to we don't even know who they are yet, right? Yeah. There's somebody tinkering in a garage somewhere that, that's got the next great fireplace, and, and we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're helping encourage those people um, because that's, that's the future of the industry. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So that, that moves us into O, which is open to opportunities. Well, and this is, you know, goes back to what I was saying before. There, there's always going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And, and, and it's just part of, of life. And, and we, we don't appreciate the good times as much until after we endure something like a pandemic. Yeah. We have an opportunity a few years back when the recession happened where built the building boom was crazy companies and retailers and businesses were successful in a lot of different industries that despite themselves. Yeah. And, um, but, but being open to opportunities is about realizing, and I think it was Colin Powell that, that said opportunity is the intersection of preparation and luck. Yeah. And when, when we get caught in that hamster wheel and, and we just get in a routine every day, we're not preparing for that opportunity that might present itself. An example I use in the column is just say that you wanted to grow your net worth by 25%. If you tell yourself that when you walk through the supermarket, you're going to see Fortune magazine on the magazine rack now. You're going to see the news article that pops up on the nightly news that talks about uh, a, a company that might be worth investing in. Uh, your brain is going to be drawn to those opportunities uh, to improve your net worth need to be open to the opportunities is, is being a part of the power of a pivot. Yeah, that's so good. And then finally, tenacity. You talked about this, like a dog going after a bone. It's not just persistence. It, it's more than that. Uh, I, I think what I like about tenacity is, is there's an aggressiveness to it. And, and I, I think that, that that is the way that you succeed. And, and it doesn't have to be rude or demeaning to other people. But man, like you got to attack this thing, don't you? Well, I mean, you look at Jeff Bezos with Amazon. When you when you hear him tell his founder's story on what made their venture successful, as they were building it, he was delivering packages in his van. Um, he will he he talks about the fact that they just continued to change direction and change approach. They'd reach an obstacle, and essentially they they would pivot. They would they 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 would figure out how to go over, under, around, or through the obstacle. And, and then they would just completely keep changing their tactic. It, I, I, I kind of liken it when I was a little kid and I was pr- playing my uncles in basketball. You know, I, you know, here I am, I'm four feet tall. I've got a six foot four uncle and I got to figure out a way to get the basketball through the hoop. And, and, and you, you, you just need to figure out a way to be creative. And it may be you're stamping on their foot yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or kicking somewhere, but 
you, you, you got to just continually change your approach until you figure out the way that, that gets you there. Yeah, it, it speaks to me. I, I feel like that's been one of the things that I've really tried to hold on to is that tenacity when it comes to doing an idea or something new, like whether it's Wi-Fi or the Firetime Magazine or this podcast. I think that I think that there has to be a, a tenaciousness, like a almost an aggressiveness. Like I will not give up. Well, and I think it's an internal aggressiveness, right? Because yeah. we don't want to be aggressive to the people that are around us or, or outwardly. But uh, I 100% agree that it's about an aggressiveness of spirit. Yep. Um, that that you're going to stay focused positively. You're going to take the initiative. You're going to move forward to those goals that have a big magnitude. And, and then you're going to be open to the opportunities to just keep going until those opportunities present themselves. Yeah, there's a book that I read over the last year by Seth Godin that's called The Dip. And it's tremendous for anybody who, who hasn't read it. It's very short. I mean, you can the audio book is like an hour and a half long. The book is, is very short. But essentially, he talks about any anything that's worth doing has a dip to it. And so like he gives the example of if, if you're going to go to medical school and become a doctor... You, you get accepted to the school and there's all this fanfare, right? Like you're, you're so high, everybody's happy for you, you know, parties, events, all this stuff. But then, you know, you're, imagine how long does it take to become a doctor after going to medical school? Like, so imagine that you're six years into this thing. And by this point, everybody's forgotten. No one cares. No one's celebrating, but you're getting beaten over the head every day with assignments and books and, you know, internships and everything that comes with that. And that's the dip that, that you, you got to push through it. And he actually talks about that, like the longer the dip, the probably more worthwhile something is. And the mistake, this is, this is where, you know, you don't want to be tenacious about the wrong thing. So the mistake is to not count the cost looking at a situation. So as you're looking at what you're going to be tenacious about, you have to decide, can I make it through this dip? And if I can't make it through this dip, don't start. But, if, if I'm looking at this with wisdom, maybe I have some community around me, a mentor, and, and, and I look at this thing and, and think, okay, I, I think there's something here. I'm going to do it. And I, and I know there's going to be a dip, but the work is worth doing. Then you push and push and push. And when you're through the dip on the other side, you can decide to quit if you want because you, you made it through. But what, what is foolish is you know, to quit in your sixth year of medical school when you're one year away from finishing or whatever the example is. We'll get back to our conversation with Phil Connor in just one minute. Hey, if you've enjoyed this and you want to get a hold of what Phil's writing every single month, you can do that by reading the Firetime magazine. Now, this is something that we have a couple of issues that are out now and it's going forward every single month, but... I'm telling you, I can't believe how amazing this content is. We have a team of contributors all across North America that are absolutely crushing it, and, and what they're writing is, is so relevant. And, and I'll just tell you, I've never seen this level of content in our industry, and I, I think what's so special about it is that it's bigger than any one person, and the people writing are actually doing the work. They're actually working it every level of the industry, working for retailers, distributors, and manufacturers. So you get a, a real perspective on how do we succeed? How, how do you advance your career or grow your business in the fireplace and barbecue industry? So if you want to get your hands on this, this magazine is absolutely free. And you can download the Firetime Magazine app on whatever mobile device you have. Or if you want to make it really easy, go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash 
app and you can download it. Now, if you don't want to mess with the app, but you do want to receive this in your inbox every single month, you can subscribe. Again, it's totally for free. You just need to go to the website, itsfiretime.com slash subscribe. So whether you read it on the app or get it in your inbox, this is a magazine that you need to be paying attention to if you want to advance your career in the fireplace and barbecue industries. Well, I, I love this, Phil. Anybody who can listen to those five components and, and make that pivot is going to be better off. And, and I just love that each month in the magazine, you're tackling one of them because this is the shot in the arm that we need. Like this is the firepower that's actually going to help us, you know, attack our careers and, 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 and fight for things that matter and, and do effective work. So I, I love that. What I want to do, I want, I want to put you on the spot and ask you, you've got a little, a little hustle going on that is Ignition Laboratories. And I want you to talk to our audience about what that is. Well, it's, it's kind of like you said with, with the column, right? It's, the idea is about encouraging people and, and getting them fired up and, and get, helping them focus on the parts of their life they can control and not getting distracted by the stuff that they can't control. And, and I think Ignition Laboratories is still kind of in the foundation st- stages, but um, I really get energized encouraging others and, and helping them find ways to level up. Um, for me, the, the laboratory aspect is, where I can use my creativity and, and find unique ways to, to make connections with folks and help them get fired up in their business. Um, several years ago, I developed this idea and it's not a new idea, but one that I maybe uniquely codified as a, a personal combustion triangle. Um, and let me explain. So everybody knows the combustion triangle in our business, right? You've got air, heat, and fuel. And, and without one of those, you don't have combustion. Very simple idea. Well, what I realized is that what I feel is in each and every one of us is this internal flame. And, and, and the components of the triangle are similar, but, but they're different. So instead of air, think of consistency. So instead of heat, passion. Instead of fuel, skills. So just like you need air, heat, and fuel to sustain combustion, we need to consistently, passionately develop our skills so that we can be successful and achieve the things we want in life. And, and what I found when I talk about this with people is it resonates with people of all ages. Uh, lately, I've been doing it for a lot of youth groups around Minnesota, and I love sharing it with groups or <laughs> anyone to listen for that matter. Right now, I'm, I'm focusing my energy on, on building out this firepower with Phil Connor and so jazzed about what the team you have assembled is doing with Firetime Magazine, the podcast. Absolutely love how it helps the hearts industry improve and keeps people focused on positivity. Thanks, man. That that means a lot. And I, I'm I'm taking notes as you're writing this. That personal combustion triangle, that's powerful, man. Consistency, skills, and passion. And you know the funny thing with that? I'm we're gonna go on a rabbit hole here because I think it's incredible. Every single one of those can be grown. Every single one of those. And that's amazing. It means that you can actually take some control and some ownership over what you've been given and, and cultivate it for something bigger. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you look at every great thing that we accomplish in our life, we typically have seen that those three things came together and maybe unconsciously, right? A great example that I share is that you could think of is that I'm, I'm 50 years old, right? So I, and I don't play the piano, but if I consistently passionately worked on playing the piano 
in the next 15 years, I could be a virtuoso. Yeah. I'd be a world renowned. All it takes is consistently, passionately developing a skill. The same thing's true of our businesses, of our lives, of our, our marriages. If we are consistently, passionately developing our skills to get better, you can't avoid being more successful. It's impossible. So good. It reminds me of a Eugene Peterson quote where he, he talks about long obedience in the same direction. And I, I think it's actually amazing how, you, you know, when young people kind of uh, come to me sometimes and, and ask, like, what should I be doing with my life? How, how should I be, you know, trying to pursue, um, you know, my calling or my purpose? Because, you know, I, I don't know if I'm passionate about my job or about this or that. I actually, I actually feel like passion follows. And, and, and often it's, it's the consistency of developing a skill. It's incredible how your, your heart actually starts to be swayed by that ongoing behavior. I, I think that that personal combustion triangle is powerful. And I, I have a feeling that you're going to be, you're going to be sharing that on a, on a much bigger level in the years to come. I think that's great. You know, Phil, this has been an awesome conversation. And, and what I appreciate, I, I, I think that this is just, it's very organic. And the different things that you're talking about apply to a lot more than just selling fireplaces. Um, do you, you have any, any parting shots or, or anything that you want to, you want to cover here before the end of the interview? Well, Tim, I actually would, would like to kind of turn it around a little bit. And, and I've told you how impressed I am with, with your podcast and uh, the magazine you and Grant are put together, but maybe if you could share with, with the audience, what, why you, what, what inspired you to, <laughs> to not listen to the naysayers, reject the status quo? Cause uh, near as I can tell your decision to, to make the move to pursue this, you are moving from comfortable status quo to, <laughs> you know, a big change. What, tell me that story a little bit. Oh man. I think that a lot of it can come down to naivety. And I actually think that that is something that we should probably hold on to. And I, you know, people who are naive can be taken advantage of, but I think that sometimes you, you do things cause you don't know any better. And I, I think that that has been a lot of my journey. I, you know, I, I played guitar in a failing punk rock band for a number of years and there is something in me that wants to push and push and push and push. And years ago, there was a lot of immaturity and, and a, a lot of selfishness in that. And, and hopefully, as I've gotten older and matured, there's less immaturity and, and less selfishness. And um, I, I feel like I have this, this uh, I mean, kind of like this, this unreasonable vision of, of what the world should be and what fireplaces should be, right? I, I think I think that we have this God-given sense of how things ought to be. And I believe it's a it's a matter of stewardship to try to go out and actually be a part of of creating that world that ought to be. I think that's actually what the definition of shalom is, is is its relationships as they ought to be. And that's not that's all kinds of relationships like business relationships, you know, relationships with people, animals, the environment, all the above. So all, all that to say, I guess, um, I think, I think it's been a kind of a combination of this inner rebellion that, that hopefully has, has started to be harnessed in a, in a positive way to not just rebel to rebel, but to try to take some of that angst and, and, and apply it towards the way that things ought to be. And I guess that with, you know, there, I mean, there have been a, a, quite a few naysayers and, it, it definitely has not been easy and it, and it is not easy even, even right now as, as there's, you know, a, a lot of obstacles to, to the different things that I'm doing. 
you know, it doesn't change the fact that I believe it's the right work to do and I'm in the dip. So if I'm in the dip, I've already made the decision that I'm going to do this. So it doesn't really matter what anybody says. If I'm going to quit, it's going to be after I get through the dip, but it's not going to be during it. Oh, I love that. And, and, and our hope is that people can see too, there's nothing you know, unique about us, that there's all kinds of things that you can do to, to do the same thing. I guess, you know, one thing I will say just very practically is that, is that part of me being able to do this was the preparation. So, you know, I, I, I did take a big leap about a year ago to, to, to really jump into, you know, the things that I do now full time. And, and it was leaving the status quo behind and it was leaving a, a lot of comfort behind. But, this was something that was being prepared for, for, for the last three years. So like, you know, me and me and my wife have lived way below our means for the last three years. So we've been able to, you know, stockpile a little bit of savings and we, we, uh, we budget really well. We, as we, as we looked at making the leap, I was talking with my company there, the company I was with at the time about it. It's like, we were planning this together. When's, when are we going to do this? Um, you know, as much as I could, I was trying to line up opportunities with, uh, with with clients and with with Wi-Fi or customers, so that um, I wasn't just jumping off of a cliff, like you said, it, it was jumping out of a plane, but but there was a parachute, and so I think that that's where I think a, a lot of this like becomes selfishness. Even even in the past, when I when I was playing a lot more music than I am now, a lot of my ambition was was pure selfishness because it was it was jumping off of a cliff, not caring who was affected by it you know it was putting your foot on the gas regardless of who you run over and i i think that the the hopefully thoughtful and wise preparation in the years leading up to this is is what has made it possible and 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 it's frankly kind of allowed me when it comes to even like doing consulting opportunities and stuff like that to not have to say yes to everything but but to really say, I, I think that my time is the most valuable thing. So I got to save time to think and to process. Um, whereas if we just jumped off the cliff without the parachute and, and we're just, okay, w- you know, how are we going to pay rent next month? Then you got to say yes to everything. And, and, and even though you've left the status quo, you've just jumped into another whirlwind. So words matter. And I, and I would say that, that I actually think it is more about you jumping out of an airplane than jumping off a cliff because... Yeah, totally. I, but I envision what you and Grant are doing is that you guys are in the plane. There's a whole lot of people on the plane with you. Everybody's got their parachutes. You're strapping on and you and Grant are running out going, guys, this is going to be a thrill ride. Let's jump out of this plane and parachute down. And you're encouraging everybody to jump out with you. Um, and it's going to be a fun, freaking great ride. Um, and I think that's because of the energy that, that, that you guys realize that the industry has. And, then, and I think a whole bunch of people are going to be jumping out of that plane with you. And you guys are going to have this huge air formation of, of, of uh, skydivers. And uh, I'm excited. Phil, this has been an amazing conversation. You brought a ton of value. And I know that people are going to be just eating up your column in the Firetime Magazine. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate everything you're doing. And I appreciate you very much. You too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Phil Connor. I absolutely loved it. And you know, he is a great guy that I think has really interesting perspective. He, he's been in the industry, like you mentioned, for about 11 years, worked for, you know, high profile manufacturers, and, and he really has vision 
to a lot of different levels of the industry, both on the new construction side and the retail side. And it's really cool to see how he's putting that into practice. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm listening to these acronyms that he's, that he's got. He's just, he's just coming up with this stuff about like, you know, flame with focus, listen, attitude, and you know, you go on. It's things like this that are easy to remember. And man, if you can remember that, that pivot model of positive thinking, initiative, vector of goals, open opportunity, tenacity, this stuff makes a difference. It's easy sometimes to write it off and think, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of like mumbo jumbo positivity. I live in the real world. And I get that. I get that. But it doesn't change the fact that, uh, you know, approaching things with a positive mindset and trying to to fill your life with with content that grows you and blesses both yourself and the people around you, it, it makes you a conduit of growth that, that people, you know, want to, to have involved in their lives, both personally and, and in business relationships. One of the things that, that we talked about was this idea of the Stockdale paradox. And Jim Collins talks extensively about this. And it, it's a story about a, a, a general who was in a, a POW prison camp. And he made it out when a lot of other people didn't. And, and, and he talks about holding in parallel two realities, one of which is that there is going to be redemption to this, that, that there will be a day for him where he believes you know, he, he would see his, his family and his friends again. At the same time, he was holding on to the brutal fact that he wasn't going to be out by Christmas, that this was going to be a long haul. And, and, and I believe that that tension is, is very, very powerful at the very end of the conversation, we, we talked about, I kind of joked about like naivety and, and I think that there, that there is something to that, that, you know, very often there, there, there is something to be gained when we hold on to innocence, not cynicism at, at the same time. And this is where you have to hold these two tensions in, in reality, you, you know, life can be tough and business is hard and, and to ignore those brutal facts is foolishness. Yet there is a way, in spite of, of, of facing the brutal facts, to believe that there's a purpose to this, that, you know, in, in, in the scheme of, of history, that, that it weighs in favor of justice, and ultimately that justice is going to be fully realized someday. It, it, it's very hard to keep going if you don't have that perspective and you fall into the trap of, of cynicism and maybe even nihilism. Finally, he, he added as a, a parting shot on the way out, but this combustion triangle that, that Phil's got is incredible. I, I took notes, and, and I think he needs to do something with this, that if you want to grow yourself in your career, just like a fire takes those three elements, man, the three elements in his combustion triangle for personal growth of consistency, skills, and passion, there's something there. And, and, and think about this, right? Like, it doesn't take all the talent in the world, right? We've all been given some amount of talent, but but what are the things in that triangle that are going to cause growth? Well, consistency. You know, anybody can be consistent, right? That you don't have to have a talent for that. Skills, and you could say, you know, you're you're born with skills, and I don't know. I I, I might tend to say you're probably born with talents more than skills, and certainly uh, talent can be honed into skills, but. Like Phil said at the end, you know, if you want to learn to play the piano, you can learn to play the piano. I remember when I was 16, teaching myself guitar and, and you know, the road was bumpy and windy, but like I wasn't born being able to, to play guitar and, and, and now I can, I can play it okay just, just because I, I worked on developing that skill. And I would argue you can do that with 
a lot of different things. And then, and then finally passion, you know, that, that if you combine those three things over time, it, it's going to grow. And, and I can't tell you that it's going to be the biggest financial success in the world. My life certainly hasn't been, but, but man, there are, there are successes and wins along the way that are, are just unbelievable. And, and I think that, that pushing into those things over and over and over again has a compounding effect where you start to gain momentum. So uh, my hope is that, is that between the, the pivot model and the personal combustion triangle, I think you've got some tools to develop yourself and also some of the people that you work with. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. As we finish out the first part of this podcast season talking to the different contributors, my hope is that is that you see the, the beauty of, of why this magazine has turned out to be so awesome. It's, you know, it, it's it's bigger than any one of us and and to, to see people that we've had on this season like Brian Barnhill, Sam O'Donnell, Ryan Blake, Phil Connor, go down the list. I think that you see some amazing perspective and, and it makes me realize that the future of our industry is in good hands. It, it truly is. We need to have a moonshot moment where we rally together, but but it's leaders like this who who are paving the way and I think that's very special. So I hope that you took something amazing away from this that you can use with your team and with yourself. I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon and I hope you have an incredible rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>